six sides of school I fatted no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody, uh, this is Shane from UK Hockey Fam and we're back with uh, this week's podcast. Sorry we weren't with you midweek. We were on Wednesday night. We were at uh, in Coventry at the GB versus uh, Dinamo Riga game, which was awesome. Finn's here. Hi guys. And uh, we'll talk about that game a little bit some more. We're just totally high off last night's win against the Habs. Yeah, go Leafs. And um, we're going to have Cliffy's notes on tonight as well. So we'll be ringing up Scott and Cliff and uh, he'll be talking to us about a few things as well. Um, so it's great to be back. Uh, it's weird. This is the longest time we've gone since we started the podcast. It's been a whole week. Didn't do our midweek show. And um, I wanted to start it off by saying um, a, a, a different uh, shout out today rather than the normal ones I do with some of our buddies in the um, hockey world, which we'll do at the end. I just wanted to say a big shout, uh, shout out to the fuel that runs the UK uh, Hockey Fan podcast. And that is the delightful double IPA from Black Flag Brewery I- here uh, in Cornwall. In fact, they're in uh, Goonhaven, Cornwall. And these guys are totally amazing. You can't get their beer up uh, in ar- around Oxfordshire where we brought podcasts from, but they send it up to me in a crate uh, sort of once every couple of weeks. And these guys are awesome. The beer is awesome and it keeps the podcast running. But one other thing I wanted to talk to you um, tonight about was, Finn, have I ever told you about the sportsman dinner where I met those famous um, NHL players when I was a kid? I think you uh, touched on the subject, but you haven't really gone into much detail about Okay, so... This is a, a favorite, one of my favorite hockey memories from when I was a kid. And um, w- I grew up in, um, I t- I'll probably say this every time, I grew up in southwestern Ontario, um, specifically played a lot of hockey around Stratford, Ontario and London, Ontario. And um, when I was growing up, my dad was in something called the Rotary Club, which I never really understood what it is. I think it's like a club for small business owners or something like that, I'm going to say. I don't know. Somebody in the Rotary Club will correct me if I'm wrong. But the, every year they used to have an annual sportsman's dinner. And uh, it's basically just a night to turn up. You pay some money. They, they'd raise some money for whatever, whatever they were raising money for. And uh, they would invite various celebrities to come along. And they were usually local people that you hadn't really heard of, like the local badminton champ or something like that, you know. And uh, in this particular year... My dad uh, knew that I was, you know, totally into hockey. I'm going to say I was about somewhere between six and eight years old. And uh, he knew I was totally mad about hockey. And um, and he knew that there were some hockey guys on the on the um, list that were coming to this dinner that were appearing on the panel or whatever. And yeah. uh, he didn't really know them. Um, but he knew that they were hockey guys and that they were... And uh, I think his buddy said, listen, if your kid's into hockey, get him, bring him along that night. So... Uh, as everybody knows, not only am I a huge hockey fan and hockey um, proud hockey player, but um, I'm a massive uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I have been my whole life. And um, one of the first uh, guests on the list that was appearing that night was uh, w- a man who wore number 27. Daryl Sittler. 
Settler was going to be there, which was amazing. And he was totally my hero at the time. And this is dating myself somewhat. Um, but so uh, he was an active player in the Leafs and somehow Stratford, Ontario got him to come to the sportsman dinner. Now, there was also another young hockey player that not many people had heard about because he was playing a lot of hockey out west at the time. And this guy, um, one of the big the buzz at the time was that the number that he'd chosen, which would, had never been chosen by anybody else before, and that number was number 99. Wayne Gretzky. So, unbelievably, both of these guys, Daryl Sittler and Wayne Gretzky, turned up at this sportsman's dinner which was like just in a, you know, imagine just like a hall in like uh, a YMCA or just like a local hotel or yeah. something like that with a bunch of tables out. The kind of place you'd have a wedding reception or something. And uh, here I was as a kid and the two guys that uh, were there from the world of hockey were Daryl Sittler and Wayne Gretzky live, both of them there. I met them both. Uh, shook both their hands, uh, had my photo taken with them. And in fact, my dad blew up, um, you know, um, had enlarged a big photo of me and Daryl Sittler that I had on my wall through my childhood. And somewhere to this day, I still have the program, the, ha the printed program from that night uh, that has their, obviously their names as guests listed in it and both of them signed it as well. Awesome. So I'll give that to you if I can find it. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. I'll get that <laughs> put in a frame or something. But it was just another glimpse from my childhood of how cool hockey has been for me and, and, and been such a big part of my life growing up and is now, you know, a part of your life as well. Yeah. Uh, or just a really cool moment from that. But anyway, should we move on from there? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, so we got uh, quite a lot of stuff to talk about on this podcast, obviously, because we haven't, uh, we haven't uh, podcasted uh, in midweek. So we, obviously we've got our Dinamo Riga game. Mm-hmm is awesome um we got the anaheim game uh ottawa game habs game uh and then uh we're always it seems like this is like a weekly occurrence now we've uh, got some more trade speculations oh yeah that's right that have been put out by uh some of the hockey analysts over the past week cool so if we go back in order of the games that have been played since we were last on does that take us back to ducks or who where does that take anaheim us? was the first game yeah okay and um so when was that? Uh, that was Monday. Monday night. So was that Monday here? Uh, Sunday for everybody yeah, else. Yeah, it was mon Monday. No, no, no. It was it was Monday, like midnight Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So uh, played against Ducks. Yeah. So Ducks. Um, ducks. Uh, two nights previous, I, th I think, uh, played the Winnipeg Jets and lost nine to three. That's a beating. That's um. Pretty bad. <laughs> that's making you. Um, that's making you reconsider whether or not you're in the right league. Yeah, um, I think they might want to consider going back to the AHL. You know, just start start afresh. And you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, uh, but we we'll get through the score. So final score was six to one Toronto. Right. So okay. pretty much another beating again. Yeah, another drubbing. Um. Oh, okay. Um. So first period was scoreless. Right, um, scoreless against the Ducks. What on earth were we doing? Uh, disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty awful that. Slow start, but anyway, yeah. it gets better. Yeah, second period, uh, we see three goals. Right. Uh, John Tavares scores the first one, thirty-first uh, of the year, uh, assisted by Andres Janssen and Frederick the Goat. Oh, Gautier, awesome. Yeah, still, still great. Still one of my favorites. A quiet favorite. Yeah, Freddie the Goat. Okay, uh, second goal, Andres Janssen picks up his 11th goal of the season, assisted by Patrick Marlowe and Jake Muzzin. 
Fantastic. Yeah, a couple more names there that are going to come up a little bit more as we get into the rest of the games in the week. Especially Andres Johnson. He's been on flipping fire recently. He is on fire. He is on fire. Um, moving on, uh, third goal, uh, Jake Muzzin. Yeah, Muzzin. God, he's settled right in. <laughs> he's actually he? sick. It's he's funny. so good. You say his name and whatnot, and, and he scored a goal or whatever. And then you watch him play, and it's like he's been there all year. Yeah. But he's literally just appeared, you know, and slotted straight in. That is a success story. And that is... That is he is a proper, proper pro. Yeah. So, obviously, he comes home to Toronto, plays amazing, and we don't have to give up anyone on our active roster. I know. It's the... That's the deal The deal of the year for me, for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so Jake Muzzin scores his fifth of the year. Okay, uh, what's what's the score? What score are we at now? Three nil. Okay. Uh, assist going to Jake Gardner and Andreas Janssen again. Jake picks up a point. We love Jake. Uh, we're still in the second period. Yep. Uh, moving into the third period now. Uh, uh, scored. Uh, oh, Anaheim Ducks scored. Yeah. Um, Raquel, Ricard Raquel, I believe, um, scoring his his ninth of the season, making it three to one Toronto. Right. I like that. And then that was it for the Ducks going yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. Um, Connor Brown picks up his fifth of the year, assisted by William Nylander, uh, who picks up his seventh assist, and Jake Muzzin, second point of the night. Fantastic. And then... So we're at 4-1? 4-1. Or 4-2? Ne- no, 4-1. 4-1. They only score one goal. Oh, that, okay, that's right. Okay, you ready for this one? Yeah, I'm ready. So the score goes up to 5-1 Toronto. Scored by number 29, William Nylander. Yes. Picking up his second goal of the year. Doesn't oh. sound too great. No, that sounds awful when you say it like yeah. that. Um, assisted by Zach Hyman, who picks up his 11th assist. Cool. Awesome. Great to see Willie putting some points up. Yeah. I th- uh, yeah, he, so he assisted on Connor Brown's goal and then got a goal. Right. Next okay. Time. Cool. Um, and final goal uh, to make it 6-1 Toronto, Andreas Janssen. Johnson again. Open yep. matter by any chance? Nope. No? Genuine goal. Right. Okay. Um, assisted by Zach Hyman, uh, second assist, and John Tavares, second point of the night. Fantastic. Great win uh, to start last, uh, well, this past week off. Uh, killed the Ducks. I'm pretty sure if I look here, yeah. Do you want to hear these shot totals quick? Yeah, go on. Anaheim uh, took 25 shots. Yeah. Toronto took 44. Really? 44 to 25 shots. That's really interesting, actually, because that that shot ratio can quite often be the other way around. Yeah. Um, but that's great. It's great to hear Leaf shooting like that. And, you know, you got You want to score goals, you got to shoot. And sure enough, proof's in the pudding. There we go. And this is this is, this is is how the this started off uh, the Leafs' win streak for this week. Then we went into the Ottawa game, which I believe was on Wednesday. So... That's right, because we went to see Riga, and then we came home and watched the Leafs game on TV. Yeah. Which was an amazing. It never happened. So um, for us, this is a big thing. We got to see our own uh, national team here play. And then, uh, and then by the time we got home. So for us, Coventry is uh, from here to the arena was about an hour and a half. Solid yeah. hour and a half, though. Um, so the game was excellent, quite long. And um, we'll talk some more about that. But uh, then driving all the way home, we got home about an hour before 
face off. No, which no, we literally got there half an hour before face off. Half an hour, half an hour. Uh, because face off here was at 12 or 12.30? 12.30. So, yeah, late home from the game. But lo and behold, live game, NHL game just starting. So never great night happens, for us. Which is awesome. It never happens. Okay, so we played Ottawa. Yep. 5-4 final score. Battle of Ontario. Exactly. Um, just before we get into this, the shot totals, as you were literally just saying, uh, could always be switched around on who wins. Ottawa took 44 shots, and Toronto took only 30. Yeah, see, I think that if you look at our shot totals, we're quite often on the lean side of things, even when we win. I don't care. As long as we win, eh? Yeah, goals. Exactly. Um, so, first period. Uh, there actually, actually are goals in the first period this time. Okay, all right. So, Zach Hyman picks up his 10th goal of the year, assisted by Mitchell, Marner, and John Tavares. Do you know what's funny is uh, it's just when you said Mitch's name there that I realized he was absent from the points list um, in the Ducks game. Yeah. Pointless game for Mitch, which is a total rarity this year. Definitely. He's okay. literally... So, th th just before we go, go any further, um, listening to the Steve Dangle podcast recently... Uh, shout out to those guys. Yeah, love you guys. Um, they brought up a <laughs> they brought up a great question, which has been going around all the Leafs uh, fan pages recently, mm -hmm. and all the Leafs groups. Yeah. Um, which is who is going to get more points, the Leafs team, as in standings wise? Yeah. Or Mitch Marner? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So, because they've got twenty eight games left to play. Yeah. Uh, oh God, that's not many. I think it's twenty nine and tw twenty eight, twenty nine games left. Um, Mitch Marner needs 35, I think, points. Uh, actually, no, he's he got a point last night. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so I think he needs 34 points in 28 games uh, to reach 100. Jeez, he's having a season, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Love that guy. Okay, let's stick on this okay, game. Okay, so let's Back to, to the sense. So I'm, I think it's Payavi. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I don't care. Piavi, um, he scores uh, for the Sens, uh, tying it 1-1 in the first period. Right. Second period, Matt Duchesne um, scores for Ottawa to make it 2-1 to one Ottawa. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really good. And he's, um, they're really fighting. To, I'm pretty sure they're fighting to try and get his, uh, he's going to be free agent at the, at the end of the season. Right, okay. And they're fighting to get him a good contract. Yeah. And they've got the cap space after getting rid of Eric Carlson. Yeah, yeah. Still crazy, but. Never mind. Well, they want to hold on to Duchesne then, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, tying it 2-2, Andreas Janssen again. Wow. That name's come up a lot in two games. Yeah, I think he's got. He's already got three points in the two games. God, he's just... He's on, he is on fire. You're right. Right, right now, he has got almost... I think in the last 10 games, he's got... He, I think he might have more than double the points of Kasperi Kapanen. Which right now puts him and I th I'd prefer him to stay right yeah. now and Kapanen if we have to get rid of either of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's assisted by Freddy Gauthier. The GOAT. Um, next, 3-2 uh, Toronto, Austin Matthews. Another and name that wasn't on uh, the Ducks game. Yeah, not I know. A, not a point there. Yeah, it's a bit 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 weird with those two. But obviously, they they must have been uh, just chilling back a bit. They must like have been. A Anaheim, they they weren't very good after like the first like three goals. There was like perhaps it's probably just maybe like they weren't even in. there. Maybe they were in another one of those pantos. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> playing as <laughs> the flipping cannon people. <laughs> Whatever they were, yeah, cannon freaks. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I I would imagine um, what what makes sense either 
they didn't play as well as they could because they were like, well, we've won this game. Yeah. Or Babs was like, well, we're playing so good, we don't need you. you were they on the 3M line for that game? Do you know? No, I don't think so. I think Babs scrapped after two games. So were they on the same line, though? I don't think so. That's interesting. That's interesting. I think I think Mitchie's back with Tavares now. Right. Okay. Anyway, uh, so Austin Matthews scores 24th of the year, even after missing like 30 games or whatever he did. Yeah. Um, unassisted. Imagine the year he would have had if he didn't miss all those games. Oh, he would have been sick. Anyway. Um, 4-2 Toronto uh, to end the second period. John Tavares uh, picks up his 32nd goal, assisted by Mitch Marner again. Uh, and Kasperi Kapanen, who we were literally just talking about. Yeah. So he is just, he is still there. Yep, yep, oh, really good. Uh, going to the third period, I'm not looking. I'm not liking the the first two goals here, but Thomas Shabbat of the Ottawa Senators. Shabbat. What? Shabbat. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, thank you, Black Flag Brewery. <laughs> yeah. What's it doing to you? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So Thomas Shabbat scores to make Shabbat. To make it four three Toronto, uh, forty seconds into the third period. Wow, that's quick. Yep. Um, Piyaha Piyavi. You're struggling tonight. Yeah, I'm struggling with this. N- this name is. It's like Piyar- your first night with a brand new tongue. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at that. P- Piyavi. Yeah, I don't read those. Yeah. Okay. Um, Piyavi scores again to make it four four. Yeah. And with. Uh, oh, actually, there's a long, long time left. Uh, nine, nine, twelve into the third period. Uh, Morgan Riley scores his fourteenth of the year, assisted by Zach Hyman, uh, making it five four Toronto, and therefore winning the game. That's fantastic. I'll tell you what. I'm just looking at the clock, and uh, I know that the Sheffield Steelers game is just finishing. Okay. Which means we need to get onto uh, Cliffy for Cliffy's notes. Okay, so we'll save the Habs game and other stuff we want to talk about until after that. We'll talk about. Well, we'll, t- well maybe talk. We'll talk about the Habs game with Cliffy. Okay. Actually, in the Riga game because he watched the Riga game. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk about those games quickly with him and then we can talk about it in more depth. Right. After. Okay. Let's get Scott. All right then. Cliffy's notes. Right. So we've got um, uh, Scott and Cliff on the phone with us. Scott, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, guys. So this is a, a, one of our favorite parts of uh, of the long-form show that we do every Sunday night, and uh, we call it Cliffy's Notes, and uh, we're joined every week by uh, Scott Antcliffe, who uh, lives uh, in the north of the country near Sheffield, and uh, gives us a great perspective on what's happening uh, in UK hockey. Uh, but luckily, uh, there was some international hockey this week, and uh, we're, we're um, proud to say that Scott's also a Leafs fan. So there's lots to talk about um, in in those two areas or three areas this week, um, but um, firstly, Scott, I think the Steelers just Sheffield Steelers just finished a game, didn't they? Yeah, the Steelers did. Uh, they played Coventry Blaze um, this evening at the Skydome Marina in Coventry, and they came away with a four-two win. So they went three-nil up um, fairly early on. And the game looked um, all but done. And then Coventry rallied. Uh, they had a five-on-three man advantage um, later in the third period and, and kind of rallied around there. And the game finished 4-2. So Coventry made it free. Um, they pulled two back. Um, so it was 3-2 to the Steelers. And then the Steelers finished with an empty netter. Um, so all in all, a, a good game for the Steelers. Uh, 
quite a feisty and niggly game towards the end um, and the teams are playing next weekend as well so that sets up that rivalry nicely that, that, um, that, and it, that sort of thing happens doesn't it when they know they've got another game coming as well they sort of are mentally even though it's not on an aggregate situation they're sort of mentally playing the first half of something aren't they and so it can it can end up being pretty chippy Absolutely, and um, I mean the teams, they tend to play each other a fair amount over the season as well, and um, I know Sheffield have got Coventry, I think, um, three, uh, we've not played Coventry for a while, but then we've got them for the next three weekends, I believe, so well, this weekend uh, we've played them, and then we've got them home and away, I believe, um, again in the next two weeks, and that sets up those rivalries nicely, and you get players who obviously have battles throughout the year and they form rivalries with certain players, so it certainly keeps it interesting, and both teams have got some uh, some niggly players, um, Steelers have got a guy called Tanner Eberle, who's, uh, who's the heartbeat really, he's, uh, he's only a small guy. Um, about five eight, five nine, but he plays as if he's six foot three. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really drop the gloves. He did tonight, but he didn't fare too well on that front. But um, really, how he plays. He's he's got tons of energy. So and, there, he uh, he was in a, a proper bout tonight, though. Yeah, he dropped the gloves with Ben Lake, who's uh, Coventry's uh, top scorer, incidentally. But Ben Lake's been uh, more adept to dropping the gloves previously in North America before coming to the UK. Yeah. And then in the UK, he's just kind of been relied on more so for his scoring. But I believe uh, Tanner Eberle bit him up uh, a little more than he could chew. And um, yeah, Ben Lake got away a couple of quick rights and uh, put Tanner Eberle down. So uh, I don't think Eberle will be... Uh, exchanging uh, valentine's cards with him anytime soon anyway <laughs> and ben likes a uh canadian yep he is yeah he's an uh, interesting point as well which will link nicely onto um a discussion i guess around the gb game is ben lake is a um he's canadian but due to um his i think heritage i think it's grandparents he's eligible for a great Britain passport and he played in the recent Great Britain game against Dynamo Riga which you guys attended. Yeah, yeah, so we'll get on to that in a second. So we, you know, it's great because um, that combination obviously we are dual nationals as well. It's one of the combinations where you can um, hold um, you know, dual nationality without having to surrender your citizenship for one or the other. So um, we know we know Lake through that way. But yeah, if we should we jump onto the Riga game because that was, this was a big deal here, um, which happened just this past Wednesday. And, yeah, um, absolutely. We mentioned it on the uh, on the podcast um, previous that we we had tickets to the game, and it was our first trip up to Coventry, and so this is obviously Blaze's um, home home rink or whatever and home arena, and uh, so so we went up there and Finn describe. Describe the the uh, um, atmosphere as we sort of walked into the arena there. Well, as as we walked in, we could literally all pretty much all we could see and all we could hear were just Dina Mariga fans. Yeah, I and mean that was it. the The streets were full of um, Latvian fans. The uh, there's a little pub in the uh, in the bottom on the outside of it. I don't know if it's I don't know Scott if it's called Papa John's or if that's just a restaurant that's in there or if it's called something different. But there's uh, a yeah the the bar um, I believe the bar's called uh, Rockies I believe but yeah, the, yeah. Uh, there is a Papa John's uh, pizza yeah you can pop up shop at the side <laughs> of it yeah <laughs> so, yeah you can get a pizza in there great little bar uh, absolutely ram packed with uh, Dynamo uh, Dinamo Riga um, supporters so all these Latvian 
folks absolutely rammed in there singing and and i should mention every one of them is nice a person that you'd ever want to meet just totally lovely people and uh, but it was all the whole thing was just we might as well have walked into be walking into a, a arena in riga itself uh, there were way way more uh latvia supporters there than there were gb folks and um so we finn and i talked about this throughout the game and and it's i guess probably to do with the fact that latvia is more of an old school hockey country uh you know they get proper winter and things like that uh, whereas for gb and scott we've talked about this before you know hockey is still sort of a niche sport here and that sort of thing so if you scrape together the gb fans that you could that you could get to come to a game like that and i think that um latvian fans basically what happened was this is their national team or any national team in any sport for them coming to play uh, competitively in uh, England for one night. And I would guess that every Latvian that was into sport from all corners of the UK came to Coventry that night. Mm, yeah, the crowd, I mean, I, I wasn't there, unfortunately, but I watched the webcast, so uh, the stream that they showed live uh, on the internet, and the atmosphere, like you mentioned, was just amazing, and you could hear and see the support, and I've never seen commentary so full before, and it's just amazing to see, and, and Latvia... Uh, as a country, I mean, they're developing, obviously, as a hockey nation, and they tend to do pretty well, um, and they've had some big-name sort of players in the past come through the setup. I'm thinking of Sandy Zoselinch, um, who played for uh, Colorado Avalanche for a number of seasons. Yeah. Um, but they've got a good a good setup there, and, I mean, the KHL side, they're a good team, and for GB to put in the performance that they did do against them is nothing short of uh, fantastic. And like you say, the crowd... Um, an absolutely unreal atmosphere and even in Sheffield with uh, the Sheffield Ice Tigers, the team I play for, we've got a number of Latvians on the team and um, a few of those guys made the trip down to Coventry and they were sort of sending me messages in our, in our sort of chat group and uh, they enjoyed themselves despite the uh, being on the wrong end of the scoreline. <laughs> for sure and so I am, um, you know, just ke keeping on the whole um, supporter thing for another minute, um, even on the uh, as we were leaving Coventry, we had to stop to get some um, some uh, petrol, and uh, the guy in front of uh, me in the in the line in the in the gas station was Latvian, and <laughs> and so I'm talking to me, and he was like, and Finn and I were wearing Leafs jerseys, so he he knew that we were you know hockey fans or whatever, and he put two and two together that we were coming from the game. He had uh, a a, uh, a Dynamo jersey on and whatnot, and uh, he turned to me and he said, "Do you guys always come to the games?" to the live games and i said well no i mean this is a first for us seeing gb live you know so i, I brought my son up uh we live we actually live in we're canadians but we live in oxford and he said oh yeah he said it was a first for me too and i said so do you live here and i what i meant was england and i think he took it to mean coventry and he's like no no no, i don't i don't live here he said i live in bridgewater <laughs> which oh, is wow. which is Somerset for those people that um, that are listening and don't know UK geography, and and uh, Bridgewater Somerset from Coventry. I think he said it was about four hours or something. I mean, it, wow. it's got to be at least uh, at least three, probably four hours. And so um, his English wasn't great, and our conversation sort of broke off there because that's all we could manage. But he's a totally nice guy. But the but this is the thing is that these guys, you know, if you were Latvian and living in the UK, you were in Coventry on that night, and it was the the crowd was just electric. 
this game we should mention that um i just happened to notice on facebook that um when they announced the game and when the tickets were going on sale and i bought tickets for finn's birthday which was back in december and uh, the t- every seat in uh, in that uh, arena sold out i think it was 10 minutes yeah which is unheard of for i think for ice hockey here at, at any level really um so no it was totally amazing so totally amazing game latvian fans were just fantastic um having a, a whale of a time there and um finn remind me how it opened up how did that how'd that game open up well i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure uh it, it was kind of rough and tumble because the latvian guys as as you know were like uh they were really big guys, big guys especially they're like, a big team physically a big team at eh? cliffy did you see the size mm. of those guys yeah, absolutely. A very big, but a quick skating team as well. I mean, their speed was one of the things I noticed, but the physicality as well. I wasn't expecting that from either team, really. No. Uh, I was expecting the fast, free-flowing hockey, which we got. International. But the physicality, yeah. I was, yeah, I was impressed with, and um, yeah, I was certainly shocked a little bit, too. Me, too. I mean, GB brought it, didn't they? I mean, that's what really surprised me the most, is that... You watch international hockey, and it's usually you don't expect it to be that physical a game. You certainly don't expect uh, any fights and things like that, and there wasn't any in this game. Um, uh, but but the physicality, it was clear that GB, I don't know what you know pep talk or whatever they'd had from the coach, they came out looking to throw some huge hits, and they and uh, they were really physical right from the start. And I think that that shocked Latvia. Mm, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it, like you say, when it's normally a friendly, or I hate those words, friendly, I guess, preseason mm. um, or exhibition game, yeah. um, you don't tend to get the physicality. It's more like, almost like a testimonial game, um, which I know don't tend to have many of those in North America, but no. the non-contact sort of aspect is, is always, I guess, evident in games like this. But for, for this game, it was, yeah, it was end-to-end stuff. It was yeah. hard-hitting, it was fast-skating, and I was like, wow, you know, I was really shocked. And, I mean, it was just a great game, and I, I thought that Great Britain wouldn't be able to sustain the intensity and energy that they were playing with because it came out all guns blazing in the first. Yeah. Then in the second period, I thought, oh, wow, you know, we're probably going to be in for a tough third period and the Latvian uh, side will throw the kitchen sink at us. But yeah. GB sustained it and they played, you know, excep- exceptionally well. So for it's sure. a great sign and uh, hopefully a good sign of things to come. Really, it, absolutely. And so I thought that uh, the first period was really physical, really fast. And um, the uh, when you know the um, I- the interval happened, I thought you know that that Latvian coach is going to be in there just shrieking at those guys, telling them to come back out and start throwing some throwing their weight around. And when they came back out, it just didn't seem to happen. GB just seemed to carry on, sort of dominating that physical space and whatnot. Um, I think that uh, Finn, do you remember how what they were doing with the uh, the GB guys were doing with the uh, defenders? Uh, do you remember that? Oh yeah, they were like, they kind of basically one guy would go up on the wing, and it would kind of draw all 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 both uh, especially both defenders into that guy, and then he just like cross cross over the ice to the to another guy on the, on the other wing who was completely free, and that guy got like a proper quality shot off. Yeah, so they were doing that, and uh, and then they were also running this um oh. this weird shift change. Do you, uh, Cliffy? I don't know if you caught this, so. It's, it seemed a bit unorthodox to me. So usually, it, for me, when I'm playing or when I watch a game, so you think about your shift change. You've got the puck, and you're coming up on the attack. 
and um, that generally you um, chuck the puck into if you're going to do a, um, a shift change you chuck the puck in and um, probably one of your forwards off the breakout will just chuck it deep uh, if they're desperate to get a uh, shift change rather than run the breakout they'll dump that puck up and then you'll sh shift change your forward line but what they were doing was that they're doing the opposite they're breaking it out taking the three guys up uh, the three forwards up and then the um, and they'd leave the point unguarded because they would then change their shift change in the uh, defense on the attack all the time. And um, and I just thought it was so weird because it's it's such a gamble, right? So you're totally gambling that your forwards can press the puck up in the high end of the uh, um, offensive end. And uh, But if anything goes wrong at all, they literally have no one on the point. I don't, oh, know, if you, I don't know if you noticed them doing that, but they were doing it all night. And And the thing is that it worked for them somehow. So they were sort of doing yeah. that half, half shifting in their defenders behind the attacking forward line. Um, and it just worked because they just kept pressing it up. And, you know, they're just constantly on the attack and pressing them in the, uh, the Latvians in their own end. Uh, and they had that pressure on so tight that they were swapping out the defenders on, sort of on the breakout. Yeah, I didn't notice it on the evening, but now you've mentioned it, sinking back, I, I do remember it. And um, like you say, it's a very risky, high-risk, high-reward type of strategy. And like you say, you're, you're relying on your um, forwards to really sort of carry the puck well and break into the zone and, um, and set up in the zone as well to allow you that time. Because otherwise, if you've got a team, if GB, for example, were stronger on the sort of forecheck or they played like neutral zone traps type of style, then they could counter on the break as the D-men were getting a change. So very risky. But like you say, I don't think it, it sort of was to their detriment. Um, I think... Um, yeah, it, it's certainly a risky strategy, but it didn't really um, work out too badly for them, I guess, on, on that occasion. No, or it probably could work badly against other teams. I think so, too. I think that somehow the um, GB coach knew that this was going to work, that they could throw that forward pressure because they also started to... So they were they were definitely doing running that um, uh, defensive line, cha uh, line change on the offensive all the time. Um, but also when they're in uh, the Latvian end, they're playing really tight off the point as well. So they're, they're dragging the defenders in almost to the hash marks. Um, you know what I mean? They're playing really tight in there. Mm. And, uh, and that pressure was just, the Latvians just couldn't handle it at all. And so I think that the Latvian skill was that if you give them a bit of space, uh, you know, they're f they have finesse and will just get away from you. So the GB just shut down all the space on them and played really tight in, you know, and it just worked. Mm, absolutely. It's a, a very well uh, coached, very well sort of, um, I guess, ran setup for, for GB because you know all the lines seem to click. Um, tactically, you know, GB had it spot on, and um, yeah, they sent home, um, I guess, several thousand Latvian fans unhappy, but I guess they had a good time, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe one one or two uh, adult beverages were consumed uh, in the bar, <laughs> I guess, as well. More than one or two, for sure. And um, <laughs> they, uh, no, they were, and like I say, I just can't say enough um, positive about them. They were fantastic. Uh, even when they were being scored on, they were still, you know, patting us on the back and things and, uh, and they lost the game, but they couldn't, you know, they were just as happy as if they'd won. There was this absolutely fantastic atmosphere. But what I wanted to quickly say is, um, Finn, remember the goalies. So, oh, yeah. so this was one of our first, well, this was our first look at, um, two goalies that we well know we've talked about in the past, Cliffy, 
that were um, that were in action. And so Finn, who was on the bench? Who's our uh, goalie on the bench? The Steelers guy. Uh, Jackson Whistle. Yeah, so Whistle, your um, your man Scott, um, yes. backup goalie, and uh, we wa- he both of them warmed up and both of them looked shit hot for sure, and uh, and then um, our starting goalie Finn Ben Bounds, and he played an awesome game. I mean, he is an awesome goalie. He that Ben Bounds could be playing in the NHL, I think. Yeah, Bouncy, um is a great goalie. He's a confidence goalie, as are, I guess, most goalies. So if he gets scored on early, his confidence sort of drops. His head tends to drop mm. a little bit. So the key is with Bounds, if he's got a good solid D in front of him, which they have in Cardiff, which is the team he plays for yeah. during the regular season, they tend to build a team around him as well. So when the coach is recruiting, they tend to recruit a team to fit around Ben Bounds because they've had him tied down long term for a number of years and he's been there for several years now. Now, I, I, I dread to think how long, probably about seven seven seasons or so, maybe a wow. longer. And yeah, he's he's originally from Rotherham, yeah, Sheffield, okay. near to where I am. Yeah, yeah he's from uh, from Maltby, and he came through the Sheffield ranks, the junior ranks, and then played for uh, the Spartans and Steel Dogs, which were in uh, the NIHL in, yep. in the lower tiers of British hockey, and then uh, played his trade in Cardiff, and he's he's been there ever since. And um, you know, he's, he's uh, obviously doing great things uh, for the national side too. And Bounds is, he is a, an outstanding goaltender and so much so that the Cardiff owners, there's a consortium of owners who are Canadian guys based out of Calgary. Yeah. They paid for him to have um, a training camp over in, um, over in Calgary with um, an NHL goaltending coach. So he was over in the summer for that, I believe the last couple of summers. That's and he's awesome. had goaltending coaching. Uh, from an NHL coach for the last couple of years. So, I mean, that goes to show how they value Bounds and the investment that they're putting into him personally. Yeah. And obviously that's paying off with their league stand-in by, um, you know, the GB uh, performances as well. So he's an outstanding netminder and still relatively young. I believe he's only, I think, probably about 20 you could argue yeah you could argue that he's still got some several years of his prime in front of him still and um, yeah like you say an exceptional talent yeah no he's great um, it's interesting that you talk about that confidence goalie situation though and that's where you want to and when you're saying you know you want to recruit your defenders around a, a, a goalie like that and and ironically because we're going to get on to talking about Leafs in a minute Leafs desperately need puck moving defenders and um, but it's the opposite when you have a goalie like that I think you don't want your puck moving defenders you want your solid guys that are um, you know following the puck out staying behind the breakout sitting high up yep. on the point and all those sorts of things you know you don't want your um, you don't want those the guys joining the attack all the time and leaving one guy hanging out to dry so it's just I've got one guy on sort of on the point and uh, just bounds himself so it's interesting, you know, that chemistry that you have to sort of recruit for when you have that type of goalie. But no, that's really cool. So wrapping up on the Riga game, so GB came away with a win there and a pretty impressive win. Um, Finn, what was the score? Uh, 3-1 GB. And go run through the goals. Have you got the goals there? Uh, yes. Yeah, so Luke Ferrara scored the first goal uh, in the first period, which was, um, as we were talking earlier, it was that one where he just broke, I'm pretty sure he just broke down the wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. an absolute snipe of a goal. Yep. Uh, that yeah, that really uh, built confidence for GB. Um, and then second goal, Ben Lake. Yeah. Who um, we mentioned in uh, in the previous, who played tonight in the uh, Sheffield game. Yeah. Um, and then 
and then Riga scored in the third on the power play. Uh, and I and I'm just going to jump in here and say that my ears are still ringing from that happening. Oh uh, my goodness! Yeah, the Latvians <laughs> raised the roof when that happened. Oh my god! I, seriously, it was. I've been to you know I'm trying to think of a, a crazy concert that I've been to you know the, the ones where you you think that they're hitting notes that are so loud your your hearing is damaged forever. It was like that. There were people sh- just shrieking and screaming. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so so the, so that's now two one GB. Yeah, and then um, Ben O'Connor uh, scored uh, an empty net. Oh yes, that's right. They pulled their goalie, and there was a the um, Scott. If you remember watching on the webcast, there was a bit of weirdness that around. It was a bit of a faff around them trying to pull their goalie because their goalie tried to come out, but they kept sending them back in, and it was just not very smooth at all. the The whole I think for um, the Latvians, the whole bench wasn't running very smoothly all night, which hurt them. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite strange because you think for such a, I guess uh, an illustrious organisation with such a big history and you know the the kind kind of budgets what they tend to have with the KHL, you think the management of the bench should be uh, much much smoother. And like you say, it was a bit of a, a debacle when they were trying to pull the netminder and you know they're saying come and no stay and, and yeah. you know he's he's probably thinking come on make your mind up what's happening over here. Yeah. And, and he uh, just and basically then, wanted to get off. You know when when you're in that yeah. situation as a goalie. The minute anybody's even thinking about pulling you, you just want to get off. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, so it ended up 3-1. Great game. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's move on to... I'm just looking at the clock here. And um, let's move on to talking about the amazing um, uh, original six clash that happened last night. The original six clash of all clashes, Leafs versus Habs. And Scott, I don't know if you managed to catch any of the game or the, um, or the highlights... Uh, but it was uh, it was a great game. Yeah, yeah, I caught the highlights. Um, I watched them this morning in preparation because obviously, as you guys know, with late face-off times, yeah, it wipes brutal. you out if you if you stay up for the game. And um, yeah, it kind of wipes you out uh, <laughs> yeah. physically. And with my job as well as a teacher, I need to be on top form. And yeah. uh, today I've, I've had a planning day, so I've been sat mainly the laptop so um i avoided uh, the game the due whole to, thing, uh, yeah. not wanting to stick um matchsticks between my eyelids to keep them <laughs> propped open yeah. but uh, i managed to catch the highlights and like you say a great game and a, a real yeah. gritty sort of win and a good solid performance from the leafs as well yeah no for sure so we you know what's quietly happened here is that um the habs have crept up behind us in the in the table and it's only sort of fall, fell onto the, our radar in the last couple of weeks it's like oh god the Habs are like one point behind mm-hmm. us all of a sudden you know and um so always looking forward to um uh, a matchup with with Habs for sure but going into the game and hoping like hell that we can actually turn it around and it was pretty clear from the off that this was going to be a tight game and um Finn who opened the scoring up uh if I bring this up here quick yeah um uh, I think Andrew Shaw of the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, right. So Habs scored first, which is, you know, gut-wrenching because, um, <laughs> you know, it, uh, Leafs are a chasing team for sure, except when it comes to the Habs. If Habs score first, you sort of like, you know, you just, it's a worry. And uh, so Habs drew first blood there. And uh, what happened next? Uh, Andreas Janssen tied it up. Uh, 14th of the year, assisted by Zach Hyman. Fantastic. So we were, j- Cliffy, we were talking earlier before you came on about um, the two games that had happened 
earlier in the week with uh, Leafs v uh, Ducks and then the Sens. And Janssen mm. picked up another three points, I think, in those games between goals and assists. Uh, yeah, I think so. So he just had a stonking week for sure. Uh, no, absolutely. He, he's just he's just such a solid player. Uh, you know, everybody is producing at the moment. So that's one all now. First period still? Yep. 2-1 uh, uh, to take the lead uh, with Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, picking up a second goal of the year, assisted by Parlin, Home, and Morgan Riley. Yeah, cool. And so, is that the end of the that period? That was the end of the first period. Yeah, and so straight in the second. Uh, only one goal in the second. Uh, Habs Thomas Tatar. Right. So score is now two all. Yep. Uh, third period. Brendan Gallagher of Montreal uh, t- makes it three two Montreal. Yeah, and then the big one. William Nylander <laughs> again. <laughs> So, um, do you know, uh, Scott, don't want to put you on the spot here, but do you know what um, Will Willie Nylander's stat is at the moment, his, his headline stat? How many points in Ooh. how many games? Uh, I, I know it's not many. Yeah. <laughs> so we were he, talking about this last time. We were talking about, so he scored earlier in the week, which was, yep. uh, which was, his, I don't know how many goals, but the yeah, stat, the stat, so ignore all of the, the Nylander nonsense and everything else. The, the stat to focus on at the moment is Nylander has just scored seven points in seven games. Wowzers. So, you know, for those of us that are, whether you're a, a Nylander fan or a Nylander skeptic, that's the stat that we've been looking for for ages. So he mm-hmm. is now consistently producing points. Um, he, so he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been playing enough of a season to run up that big total that we'd all like him to have. But a but a really sweet total for Nylander is seven points in seven games. If you remember after last week's show, I predicted that he'd go on a tear as well because he, uh, I remember he got the goal. I think it was it was it against Boston um, or maybe not against Boston, but he got um, a, a couple of helpers that game. Yeah. And I said to and I said to you guys um, on the last long format show that he's going to come good, and um, you know it's it's all about confidence and. After having such a long layoff and things like that, it's going to take a bit of time to adjust and to get back into it. And I said a player of his natural talent, you don't just turn into a bad player. So uh, I said it will come good. We've just got to stick with it. And here he is, seven points in seven games and uh, the OT winner against the the Habs. Yeah, yeah. So... Did he? So he. It wasn't. He didn't get the OT winner. He got the. Or did he? Did he? Oh, equal, sorry. He, 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 got, he equalized. Yeah. And that then, was it. Yeah. And uh, then, then it was Tavares. Yeah. So Nylander kept us in it, that, which was the key. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then Tavares, I think, on a backhander, about two minutes into overtime. Yeah. So Nylander scored that goal, assisted by John Tavares. Yeah. Uh, Eight thirty-five oh, yeah, into yeah. the set. Into Tavares, the of course, just is a cash cow. He's for, so uh, good for mm. producing goals and um, assists. And then, yeah, two minutes 17 to overtime. John Tavares with his 33rd goal of the year, assisted by Mitchell Marner and Morgan Riley, making it 4 3 Toronto and winning the game. Yeah, no, fantastic. A, f- a fantastic result. If you're a Leafs fan, it, last night was really a clutch game. And um, yeah, so Habs would have gone ahead of us last night. Is that right? Yeah. On points? However, I, I, was, I was just looking it up here uh, quick. Um, so Habs are actually, uh, they played two more games than us. Yeah. But however, with that overtime uh, overtime win, they still got a point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. So, um, well, I suppose we need to wrap things up here. Um, one of the things we talked about in the past, uh, Scott, was around the whole captaincy thing. And I think mm-hmm. since we last talked to you, so we've now sewed up Matthew's um, contract. 
and yep. and word is the leaks and and whatnot are around um marner's contract is you know they're working on it um so good. it's it, it for me it pops back up the whole captaincy question um <laughs> I can't remember where you were standing on this before. Did you have, I, have you gotten a, a, a guesstimate on who might get that C? Yeah, we, we had the whole discussion around, um, do you tend to go for a veteran sort of leader or do you mm, go for mm. like a young up and coming guy? And I know a lot of teams in the past have, have kind of given the captaincy to the younger guys almost as like a an incentive. Cause like a signing big bonus or something, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's an honour, isn't it, to be captain of a team? And yeah. I've I've obviously done it with the Ice Tigers for last um, God knows how many years, and yeah, um, it really is an honour to to pull on the sea. And um, so for many players, it's it's often something that they I, I wouldn't say demand, but that they want to have um, discussed when it comes to contract negotiations. It's so an aspiration, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the young captains around the league. You've got likes of McDavid, yeah. who's got C on his chest. And yeah. I believe um, the captain in Colorado, is it Landis Cog? Um, yeah. he's, he's only a young guy as well. Um, it might not be Landis Cog, actually. My memory's terrible. Too many blows to head <laughs> playing hockey. But um, my, my thought on it was... I like Matthews in, in the fact that for such a young guy, he speaks so well and he's so professional and yeah. how he is with the media, how he is with the referees. And, you know, he's just seems to have it together both on and off the ice. And I, I think he'd be a good leader. He, he, I mean, he's a quiet guy, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, no. he, he, you know, he's, he's sort of, he's very, um, you know, with his, his celebrations on the ice, he's very almost muted, isn't he? In terms yeah. of, he doesn't like the over, overly elaborative celebrations. Um, no. And then I, then I thought, you know, do you go for a, a more veteran sort of leader, a guy like a Hainsey or something like that? Yeah. But for me, I, I tend to go, I was more edging towards uh, Austin Matthews, probably. Yeah, me too. I, I've been a Matthews guy, and I think I'm still there. Uh, he's the whole package, you know, and um, and I'll bet he's not quiet in the dressing room. You know, you can tell that uh, mm -hmm. the team really likes him, and um, you know he's just you know he's just got great solid character for such a young guy. And so, if you're a franchise that's looking to sign somebody long term, and you see that guy is your superstar, then you want to hand him the C. You know, you want him mm -hmm. to lead you through that next five years or whatever else it is. So I'm still standing there, Finn. Where, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I started off this whole this whole thing, which is probably one of the things we talked about in our first podcast. Um, but I from so then I thought it was uh, I thought it'd be someone like Nazem Kadri. Yeah, yeah. So I thought Naz too originally. Yeah, but, but uh, we're now worried we're not going to have him be on this year because of the cap. Well, that um, I still think we're going to have him. However, after all the all the things that we've that's had that have happened with Matthew since that point. I'm. Um, I think I'm. I think it's going to probably going to be Matthews being the next captain. And one of the big turnaround things for me was um, the whole All Star Game thing. Yeah. And the whole respecting Patrick Marlowe and yeah, like, taking yeah. his jersey. Yeah, that's and that's that was big stuff. That that was that was that's a really uh, big thing, and it shows shows leadership. It's classy too. Exactly. And you want someone like that. Cool. Okay. Well, listen, Cliffy. I'm looking at the clock. We need to let you go. Uh, thanks. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on again this week. We love having you on the show. It's so great to uh, to hear what's happening um, around the UK leagues and uh, and now with international hockey and stuff. And it's so awesome that you're a Leeds fan as well. Thanks so much for coming on. Will you will you come on with us again next time? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you guys need me, I'm uh, I'm here. So uh, I enjoy coming on, and uh, like I say, you guys do a great job, and um, you know it's a, it's an honour to be on. So thank you guys. Awesome. Yeah. See ya. Thank you very much, and see you next time. See you again, Scott. You're welcome. Cheers, Shane. Cheers, Cheers. and bye. Scott Ancliffe, everybody, he's such a great guy. We're so lucky to have him on. Yeah, he's so knowledgeable, and especially with uh, with whole English leagues, uh, he's he's so much better than us about uh, any of that. Totally, and he's an awesome captain of Sheffield Ice Tigers. I miss playing with those guys, man. I got to get back up there. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. I know my hockey's going well, and it's t- about, <laughs> about time yours goes well as well. <laughs> right on. So, uh, what do you, what do we want to talk about next? You got uh, trade news? Yeah, we have some trade speculations here. So. For some reason, uh, stuff keeps getting tweeted out by like uh, Michael Friedman, um, people like that. Yeah. Um, just talking about all these different like uh, potential trades and people that um, people that the Leafs are looking into getting. And um, seems like Carolina is a team that the Leafs are just wanting to trade with. I know we've talked about uh, Dougie Hamilton uh, in recent podcasts. Yeah, that's right. That was our, uh, an early prediction. Yeah. From us. Uh, it's still going. People are still thinking he's going to be picked up. Um, Along uh, uh, Brett Pesci, another one, uh, more recent. Um, so definitely looking to, for those two defensemen. And then we got left wing Michael Ferland, which was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing probably you as well. But uh, yeah, so it seems just seems like uh, Leafs are really interested in getting someone from Carolina. Um, especially, I think, someone from management went to uh, the Buffalo v. Carolina game the other day, uh, scouting out some guys. Um, so yeah, uh, the three guys here, Dougie Hamilton, if you want to hear anything about him, uh, go check out, our, go check out our, our other podcasts. Uh, but we can have a look at Michael Ferland and Brett Pesci, uh, quickly here. Yeah. Minute. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Michael Ferland, I've got his thing here. Uh, yep. So Michael Ferland is number 79 on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. Uh, left wing, six foot one, 217 pounds and age 26. Right. So he's a left winger. Yeah, so he's a forward, uh, which was which is uh, confusing to me too because I thought we were just looking for D, but uh, it came up on uh, uh, as I said, uh, Elliot Friedman tweet uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the least were interested in him, in, in, in him, so I thought we should probably look him at uh, look at him uh, quick. Okay. Uh, so he's played forty six games, uh, scored fourteen goals, got fourteen assists for twenty eight points. He's got a plus minus of plus nine, and a thirty three penalty for two minutes. So he's on for maybe fifty points this year. Yeah, I'm gonna guess he's probably gonna be one of those like fourth line stud guys. Yeah. Um, but the plus minus makes me think that he might also be a defensive character as well. Right. Okay. Because anyone that you think has really has a decent plus minus, which probably more than plus five is probably pretty good. Okay. At the moment. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Make, makes me think he's probably gonna be a more defensive character, especially, and that also indicates with the amount of points he's got as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he'll also I'm gonna guess help out with the fourth line. Uh, seeing as uh, Tyler Ennis is still out with his broken ankle. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about Ennis. So that's Michael Furland. Okay. Um, as uh, I said, Dougie Hamilton, we've already talked about in yeah, earlier podcasts. Uh, if I just bring uh, Brett, Brett Pesci is the other one we need to look up. Yeah. Uh, just bring him up here. Uh, and he's so who, who's he with at the moment? Also Carolina. Oh, sorry. Yeah. All three of these guys are with Carolina. Okay. Oh, Wayne Simmons was brought. Uh, Brought up as well the other day as well. Okay. I just just saw that. We'll have to follow that. Uh, like, yeah, I'll look at that as, as well in a sec. Um, so Brett Pesci, number twenty-two for Carolina, uh, D-man, six-three, uh, two hundred six pounds, age twenty-four. Right. Okay, twenty-four. Uh, oh, how how big is he? 
Uh, six three. Yeah. Okay. We need a bit of muscle back there for sure. Uh, yeah. So also forty six games played, uh, five goals, ten assists uh, for f- uh, fifteen points, and a plus minus of plus twenty. That is pretty good. That is that, excellent. That's a so that's he, somebody we want again more defensive defenseman. Um, that looks yeah. So he looks really good. Uh, twelve penalty minutes. So also not uh not a guy that gets loads of penalty minutes. Yeah. No. Uh, means probably be good on the penalty kill. Yeah. As long as he's not in, in, in the, the one box. in the box. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't look like he is. Um, plus minus is good. Uh, puts up some points here and there. So that guy looks like he's p- could be a pretty good uh pretty good addition to the Leafs. Yeah. And then if I look up uh Wayne Simmons quick. Yeah. So he's f- uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. Um, so he's the only one of the four not in the Canes. Yeah. So I'm not gonna lie, I'm looking at this here and his name is right right beside JVR. Right, okay. I, I wouldn't mind him back on the team, I'm not gonna lie, but you know. Uh so he's he's actually the assistant captain. Uh is he? Yeah, uh, to Claude Jury. Okay. So Wayne Simmons, he's number seventeen on the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. Right wing. Okay, that's interesting. Um our right wings are pretty good, though. They are. We're pretty solid there. Well, let me let me think about this. Kapanen, Nylander, and Marner. Yeah. I'm not the gonna. Qu- lie. The question is, what line? What line is he on now? Do we know? Oh, I th- I think I, I I don't know for sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure he is. He'll be on the first line. He's one of the top scorers for this team. Okay, that's an interesting one for us to be looking at then. Yeah, I don't know why first this came line up. right winger. Yeah. Um. Okay, tell s- us more about him. Six foot two. 185 pounds, age 30. All oh right, Jesus, he's a bit long in the tooth. Yeah, exactly. This Those is some odd stats, actually. Yeah. 185 pounds is not a lot for somebody who's over six foot. Yeah, this is this is this is a weird pickup for me. What are you looking at there? Uh, I'm looking at the NHL.com okay, stats here. Right. Um, and if I look at the stats, he's played 55 games. Yep. 16 goals, eight assists for 24 points. Mm. So it's not as good as. Some of the others. Plus minus of minus 15. Okay. Uh, 69 penalty minutes. Now who, so, so just wind it back a bit. Where does where's this rumor come from? This has come from, if I bring this up quick, literally just saw this. Uh, Somebody was whispering about it on yeah. Twitter or something? Yeah. Um, via TSN Sportsnet. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, it's something to keep an eye on. So, yeah. I don't know. Okay, cool. Well, that's some interesting trade stuff. What else have we got? So, I've actually literally just clicked off this, but the Matthews contract. I know we we literally glanced over this in Cliffy's notes. Yeah. Um, but I thought we should probably get into more depth because that's a huge thing. That is a that is a big that is a big deal. So everybody was sort of had uh, contract fatigue. I would call it after the whole Nylander situation. And so you end up on edge thinking, oh, God, you know, what's going to happen with some of these other guys we got to tie up? Yeah. And um, so Matthews is a biggie, which is great that he that that all happened first. And so, of course, the announcement came. It was a non-issue, really, wasn't it? It just we knew they were in negotiations. And the next thing you know, there's photos of him and Dubas signing a contract. Yeah. So his contract is five years. Uh, and eleven point six three four million. Mm. So literally just more than John Tavares. So 
some people say a little bit too much. I say just fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I th- this I is good. We're talking about our, you know, our cap, our future captain here. I feel pretty confident. So, um, yeah. Have so you got any other cap figures? Uh, uh, so, where, how are we looking on on salaries? Uh, so yeah, so I've just I've just oh, I got this up as well. Uh, Bob McKenzie projects uh, 2019-2020 oh payroll. McKenzie's, yeah. Uh, so this is TSN. Yeah. So it's looking. So th- this is uh this is up here. So Austin Matthews 11.6. Yeah. Mitch Marner 10 mil. Yeah. Okay. So Patrick Marlowe's on 6.25. Yeah. Zach Hyman on 2.3. That's interesting. John Tavares with his 11 mil. That's Nylander right. with a 6.97. Which we all know about. Andreas Janssen, 2.25 mil. Still okay. with the Leafs. Yeah. Nazem Kadri, so still on the Leafs. Yeah. 4.5 mil, which isn't it? For his skill, isn't actually that bad. He's contract. So this is going to be a problem. And it was James Foley from Leafs Nation on uh, Facebook that brought this up to me. That, uh, you know, you look at that Naz and he is just so valuable. He could be a first line center for another team. Yeah. Uh, he's worth more than 4.5 mil for sure to someone else. So that's something to watch. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen with 2.75 mil. Yeah, all right. So he, both, both uh, him and Janssen are going to be free agents at the end of the year. Yeah, and we think that Kapi will probably get let go. Currently, Janssen is playing so much better. Wow. Which means that, and then... Which Ka- makes him valuable. No, no, but Cappy has the value already, though. Yeah, it's like way more value currently. Yeah, so there's a, we talked about this the last time. There's valuable inward to the team, and then there's value outwardly as a you know as a trading uh, you know asset or whatever. And yeah, in that sense, Kapanen would be the one that would be more value to other teams. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. So this is the last line for the forwards. Uh, Trevor Moore on uh 775k. Yeah, so is he, oh, so entry, l- entry level? Yeah, he's, he, he plays with the Marlies and then comes up to the Leafs a bit. Yeah. But uh, projecting that he'll be playing more with the Leafs next year. Yeah. Freddie the Goat on 675k. God, that's nothing for the Goat. Isn't it? Y- yeah. For si- 675 is pretty much nothing, to be honest. It is nothing. And I it, mean, in, and NHL, he, is, NHL he is turned up this year. So that's interesting. Um, and then all it says here is to be de- to to be determined, um, and then they want someone for seven fifty k, which could be oh any yeah. so any. So this is anybody, someone entry level, probably from, from the Marlies or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Um, then we move on to the defenseman. Uh, Jake Muzzin is uh, has four mil. Yeah, uh, which Nik- was money well spent anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev is on four point five. Yeah, hmm. it's a big contract, and he hasn't been producing as much this year yeah. as I think some people would have liked. Okay, uh, Morgan Riley on five mil. Yeah, Calais Rosen's on seven fifty. Right. Uh, Travis Dermott on eight hundred sixty three k. Yep. Ron Hainsey on two mil. Good old Hainsey hanging in there, making a couple mil a year. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Yeah, that's all right. I like him. Yeah, and then these are the big contracts here. Okay. Frederick Anderson, how much would you say he's worth without me telling you? Oh, God. Uh, based on how he's played. Uh, based on how he's played? How much do you think he's worth? Oh, 10 million. He is probably worth quite a lot, but 5 mil. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's great. That's a steal. <laughs> it is. That is lucky. Right. Who else? 
Garrett Sparks. Oh God, what's he on? 750k. Yeah. Yeah. 750k, yeah. which for him isn't actually that bad. No. He's not bad. No, he's good. He's he's solid. Yeah. I mean, you know, on the nights that Freddie's on arrest or whatever, they put Garrett in there, and he's he's rock solid. So you've got one guy you're paying five mil to, and another guy that's you're putting in the same situation, and you're paying him 750k. Yeah. That's the way of the pro sports. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, those are, that's the projected, and that will keep them under the cap. And I believe I heard that it also keep them about four mil with space to move around. Well, and of course, so there will be the increase in the cap, which could be in two mil or something like which that. Which means that we'd have six mil to play around with. Yeah. Okay. Which is cool. Bad. Yeah. No, I feel uh, I feel okay with that. Uh, especially if we get some of these uh, defensemen that we're looking at from Carolina. Mm. Well, yeah. So we'll just keep our ear to the ground about that because I'll bet there's others, other things on the on the possibly on simmering away out there. Yeah. Uh, so there's actually one last thing we want to talk about uh, before we uh, think about ending this. Is this the price thing? This is yeah. This is the last thing about the Habs game. We pretty much did a roundup of that in Cliffy's notes. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you price mm-hmm. like with with this whole thing uh, as we were talking about in cliffy's notes the hubs have been on the down low but properly making ground yeah so um we mentioned in cliffy's notes earlier that uh it sort of just happens you know i just remember hubs having a pretty poor start when we were coming out pretty solid and i, I haven't even thought about them all season and then a couple of weeks ago i was looking at the table and i'm like holy shit they're only a point behind. Yeah. How did that happen? I literally, the only two things is, uh, well, three three people on that team pretty much. Yeah. And I've got to say that'd be Thomas Tatar. Yeah. Been playing pretty solid. Max Domi, Domi. no one thought would have done anything oh, this season. Why, we, we need Domi. Wouldn't you like a Domi on the back of a Leafs jersey yeah, right now? Can we just have another Domi on the team? Yeah, we'll take Max. Just back on the team. Right, so... Tatar, Domi, and of course Pricey's come good again. The big one, Carey Price has been playing like like Carey Price again, like which Carey is Price. literally yeah. the worst for any other team. Yeah, unless you're a Habs fan. If you're a Habs fan, you're clicking your heels together because you got your goalie back. You're amazing one-man team goalie. If you're not a Habs fan, then it's trouble. Yeah, so I, I looked at the stats before this podcast. I'm pretty sure he's on a point nine one five save percentage, <sighs> which is pretty good. He's it, well, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's good. He's not on the Leafs, though. Actually, Frederick Anderson has a better save percentage. Oh uh, yeah. So I looked at this, and Price is like ninth goalie in the league or something. And right. Freddie's like fourth. Huh. Okay. So if you think about it, Leafs fans or Tampa fans. So Vasilevsky's obviously like second second because yeah. he's Vasilevsky. He's awesome. But um if you're a Habs fan and if you're a Habs fan, Leafs fan or Tampa fan, you're pretty good for goalies. Yeah, you're sorted. Right. So we just need to figure everything else out. There we go. <laughs> right on. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's uh let's end this. Uh, is there any any shout outs you wanna put out just before we end this? Yeah, so I had check out our Instagram if you get a chance, or just we're UK hockey fam anywhere you look on social media, we're easy to find. Uh, I pl- I threw up a picture of my skates, and you know we talk about um, bionic blades, skate blades all the time, yeah. and they are genuinely wicked, and they've hit the UK, and people are starting to pick them up. Look at my look at our Instagram; you can see my uh, skates on there. I still have a a pair of warhorse uh, one axes. Yep. That are wicked. 
and my you know i'm an adult my feet aren't growing i'm playing beer league i probably won't buy another pair if i can get away with it but um these blades i've had the bower blades in the original ones l2s and uh step blades i had put in you know, when i was last in canada yeah and um the good guys from puck stop up north put in some bionics and did some profile work and they are awesome take a look at them they're on our instagram page so uh, big up to Bionic Skate Blades. They're awesome. Um, Puck Stop, uh, great, amazing shop if you're in the north of the country here um, or in around Sheffield. Um, Ian Clark runs an amazing shop, uh, more local to us, just around the Oxfordshire, Swindon, uh, sorry, Oxfordshire Wiltshire border in Swindon uh, called All Star uh, Sports. And uh, Sports Screen. We love and always yeah. have loved. Um, this is for your off-the-rink training. Uh, look it up if you don't know what it is. The Sports Screen from, I believe, Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, an amazing training aid that will save you a lot of grief. If you're like us and you've destroyed more than one uh, garage door in your time, save yourself some money by buying one of these. It's amazing. And, uh, and we, the whole family loves shooting on it and we create little tournaments and games trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I owe you about 10, 10 pounds. Yeah. It's kind of just like in, the, last in the fund, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Whatever. Uh, anybody else? Um, oh yeah. Ch- um, we forgot. We, so we met up with the, uh, Ryan from cross check clothing at, uh, the Riga game this week. What a great guy. Yeah, he's such a nice guy, and uh, uh, talking obviously about the the whole break in. Uh, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. So They've awful. had some trouble. Somebody broke in and busted up their workshop, sort of thing. Uh, but they're all sorted out and back up in business. What a great bunch of people and some amazing uh, designs. Totally wicked clothes. Um, we love their stuff. There, we've met them face to face. Genuinely, really great people. Um, people that should be supported. I've just seen they've got a. Um, it's sort of a Valentine's theme shirt out at the moment, yeah. a hockey base thing. You've got a little bit of time left to try and get your hands on one of those. Check it out. Crosscheck clothing. Amazing. And, um, a sort of counterpart company that I love, um, based out of, uh, Ontario, also beer league Republic. Yeah. Who do some just amazing stuff. I mean, every time I see another design come out of these guys, I totally want it. Uh, check out our Instagram again. You'll see some us wearing some of that stuff on there. These all these people are great friends of ours, and and um, you know we just feel compelled to mention them every show if we can uh, support them. They're great people. Uh, we won't ever mention somebody who isn't someone who you should invest a couple of your uh, dollars or pounds with. So uh, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Let's get out of here. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We're so d- we're delighted that everybody keeps tuning in. We've got loads of you that have signed up and subscribed, uh, which is awesome. And we'll try and keep putting out some good stuff. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, make sure to follow us on all our social medias, uh, either our uh, our group account, uh, UK Hockey Fam, or uh, if you want to ask me any hockey questions, mine's Finray1. Uh, obviously, uh, hit us up on Twitter, or uh, we got Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook page, and uh, and our new website, www.ukhockeyfam.co.uk. Yeah, definitely. And um, if you, for some reason, don't have any social medias, hit us up on our email, ukhockeyfam at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. So, uh, see you guys sometime midweek for our uh, shorter podcast. Yep. We're, uh, yeah, hopefully Wednesday night. Right, let's get out of here. Okay, then. That's bye from me. See you guys. Cheers. And the best game you can name is the good old.